The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie, live from the old National Bank State Street Studio. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago, the new home of the Chicago Bears. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. This is the most important game that, that Matt Eberflus has coached in his young Bears head coaching career, without a doubt. That's not hyperbole. That's that's none of the above. He is this team is six and twenty-one under his direction. He's over in the division, has not won a division game. His his team haven't won consecutive games in his entire stretch here. You are going on the road now to face the class of the division. If Matt Eberflus wants to do something positive for his job security, go to Detroit on Sunday and find a way to get a W. If you want to change the way we feel about you, and the same is true for, for Justin. Justin, you want us to feel differently about who you are and whether or not you're the guy for the future in the last seven games. Like, this would be the biggest win of Justin's career. Oh, yeah? I mean, for both of these guys. I would say sad trombone for one of them. And I think for the other one, I sort of mission accomplished. I know they did win. But I think if you're scoring, if you're going, was that a positive or negative for that person? I think we're putting the check mark in the positive column for for Justin, and I thought someone brought that to my attention because we put that out on social media on Instagram, that clip, and I almost forgot about it. And boy, when you hear that now, Courtney Cronin, who joins us, uh, brought to you by Purple Wave Auction. Uh, when you hear that now, Waddle saying that last week, and now putting that tag on Matt Eberflus, his most important game coaching, to come out and to get a win and knowing the fashion that they lost. Boy, that one stings. Yeah, and I think that that probably seals a lot for people who are making decisions on the coaching staff and the direction of this team going forward next year. You learned a lot about that team in the final four minutes and 15 seconds. You learned a lot about Justin Fields up until that point. I would say that there's certainly are things that are left to be desired, leading a game-winning drive, but also the team not taking the ball out of your hands when it's a critical situation and and giving you the opportunity to go win the game for them. So, I mean, that's the frustrating part uh, with this coaching staff that it was. I agree with Waddle. It was a prime opportunity for them to go in, and they were leading for the better part of 54 minutes. You know, that's incredible for this team on the road, and everybody – that says this was a trap game for Detroit and that, you know, maybe it says something about them. No, all teams fall fall victim to bad play, and the fact that Detroit was able to overcome that, it's just like what the Eagles did on Monday Night Football, overcome some bad play and get out of there with a sloppy win. That shows you where the Lions are. That also shows you where the Bears are and where this coaching staff is. And I think that of everyone in the pie chart of blame here, you know where that biggest portion's going, and they kind of did it to themselves. Yeah. We were just having a conversation about Justin Fields' press conference, mm-hmm. which went on right above us. We're at Hal's Hall right now. You were there. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought it was the most engaged and thoughtful he's been. 
Um, even like when he had the good couple of good games earlier this year, I didn't think like if if you spin it, well, it's because he had a good game. I didn't think he was like that earlier in the year. Did you detect almost a? a a different type of Justin today. Well, I'll go back to the Detroit game and my perception of that. And it's just like reading between the lines that somebody who knew that he did for the most part, of course, there were there are flaws that you can find in, in anybody's game. But for the most part, he did his part in Detroit and he doesn't carry that guilt of I lost this team this game. And I know that he's not going to say that he's a team-first guy, but that's the reality here of what happened on Sunday. And I think when you can find solace in that as a quarterback who has been scrutinized since the minute he got here and became the starter, you know, late, you know, six games into into his rookie season, it's nice to feel that way every once in a while. It's nice not to be the problem that's circled every single week, and it's such highs and lows. And, you know, to hear him at the end when he's talking about Michigan, Ohio State, that part of him comes out frequently, more frequently, I think, than people think, because a lot of times, like what we see from the quarterback at the podium on a Wednesday when they're trying to process everything and get ready for, you know, a a game that you know there's a lot at stake. Look, they're a three and eight team. What's at stake for him now is what's going on with him next year. It's not wins and losses, and I know that that's ultimately what they what they want and what he wants. It's what he said, but in a way, the pressure's off. This team isn't going to the playoffs. He all he needs to do is go out and perform to the best of his ability, which he did for three quarters against Denver and the Washington game, and for 54 minutes, 56 minutes against the Detroit Lions. And I think you start once you start seeing, okay, I can stack those things together. It's not a one-off. You start to feel more confident about yourself and your ability, and when you can address things. Like I thought, his answer on Tyler Scott was was very forthright and and very honest, and you know he put some of it on himself too. So like I've had a lot of bad games in the league. Like yes, there's honesty I that was there, great. and that's you know there's the locker room side that you look at where he's not dogging guys for missing passes because he's no he knows that he's missed throws too, and he's talked about that. The overthrow to DJ Moore uh, in the end zone in the first half, like that's a play that he wants back, but he's not going to crush Tyler Scott for the play that he didn't make on a last ditch effort when the team more or less said, hey, Justin, go win us this game. That's him. That's maturing as a player. That's him as a leader. And that's the reason that you can see why this team and these players, no matter what the record is, it's not like anybody internally in terms of the players have lost faith in Justin Fields. That's why I think that continues to return game after game because of who who he is up there is who he is in the locker room. Two of my favorite callers called in uh, before you joined us, uh, Falzi and Jimmy from the north side, and they both proclaimed that, J- that Fields is the guy going forward. And I said to them that I can't go one way or another, that I've leaned and I'm leaning towards drafting a quarterback. But I can't today say – it's him, and then next week he goes out mm-hmm. and doesn't look good against the Vikings. Or the week after, he doesn't look good or whatever. They play Cleveland, like the a really good defense against Cleveland. I know the Detroit games after the bye, whenever Cleveland's coming up again. Um, the point is, I think the best way to phrase it is kind of like in a pennant race, a baseball pennant race. They always say, what is the probability that this team makes the postseason mm-hmm. right now? And we did this a lot with the Cubs. The Cubs have a 78% chance of making the postseason. So let's do this. What do you believe right now the probability is of Justin Fields being the guy 
opening yeah. day next year. I'm actually writing about this for the Monday night game, like the three, re- like you know, diving into three really specific reasons why he'll be the quarterback next year, and and three very obvious reasons why he won't. And I don't. I don't think their mind is made up. I really don't. I honestly, I think they're leaning in a direction because of the what's at stake here. Uh, resetting the rookie clock with a quarterback contract. That's hugely important for any front office, not just for the Bears. The I was I was texting with an AFC executive yesterday and I was asking about just for my story, I was asking about Caleb Williams cuz you hear that label generational talent thrown around frankly I think too often. Um and I was like, "All right, why does he fit why does he fit that label? And this person told me, you know, from the first time I watched his tape last year, I knew that he's going to be top 10. I was like, and I followed up top 10 draft prospect or top 10 quarterback when he walks into the league. And it's the latter. Like those are the reasons that stack up against Justin Fields, despite what fields can do here down the five final five, six games. And you bring up Cleveland, like everyone has struggled against that defense. So I don't know you're going to have to find a way to measure growth within what he's able to do against what Jim Schwartz throws at him. And if I do think if he he's muddying the waters because if he has performances like Detroit again and again and again down the stretch, if they win three or four games, then that makes a decision that much more difficult because you have to factor. Can we win with Justin Fields not throwing for 300 yards every single game if he can give you 70 to 100 yards rushing a game? If you can get the collection of what we saw in Detroit on a regular basis, maybe then you think, okay. Let's can tr- you count on 70 to 100 yards That's, in an NFL game to game? They need to – the game plan that showed up against Detroit, that needs to be him going forward. You can't try to just, like, make him into a pocket passer, whether he whether he was pushing for that or whether the coaching staff was pushing for that. Because from what I've heard, it's kind of been maybe a balance of both. I mean, Fields, remember the, the – The quote. The quote, locker clean-out day, where he said, yeah, like, rushing records are great, but I want to win passing awards one day. That could have been him, too, forcing himself into situations, hanging in the pocket too long, trying to do all the things that – you know, go against what made him so great. Like, but what the game plan we saw against Detroit is how they have to win with him. And if he, if they consistently can win with him and be competitive with him down the stretch, then, and I know I haven't given you it a percentage yet. I think that does challenge it, though. Yeah, I don't you think stalling? it's a, you. You running out the clock like an Eberflus press conference. I mean, I'll give it. At right now, I'll say it's a forty percent chance that they. Maybe even less than that. Forty percent chance, assuming all those things I just talked about, that he doesn't fall off a cliff here and continues to build on Detroit that he'll be here next year. But So you think there's, right as of now, you would put it 60% chance that they're drafting a quarterback? That's, a, that's the safe way to do it because, frankly, if you're a general manager, you can't pass up on somebody like that. You can't. They've been in this – they got burned last year in the whole idea that – like I'll say this. Polls saying that I need to be blown away by Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. You can't miss out on C.J. Stroud again. That is what he's going to be judged against. Same thing with Darnell Wright. It's that same thing. Are we going to judge how good Jalen Carter is versus how good Darnell Wright turns out to be because they passed up on that pick? They passed up on C.J. Stroud, so now you can't make that same mistake twice if you are truly convicted one way or the other about uh, 
Bryce Young, Bry, or, um, Caleb Williams, and then Drake May. Maybe it's J.J. McCarthy. And that's that's a hard evaluation to put your thumb on right now because I think there's people in this building who don't know which way Ryan Poles is leaning. I'm glad you said that because I was debating with some guys in the Twitch chat yesterday about the comment about C.J. Stroud. I loved what Ryan Poles did last year. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that they were ready to draft a quarterback. They wanted to give Justin Fields another year. They got a King's ransom for the number one overall pick. But what you mentioned about we needed to be blown away. Obviously, C.J. Stroud has blown mm-hmm. everybody away right now, and he didn't blow them away in the draft process. So all I'm saying is I'm not regretting that you didn't draft C.J. Stroud I'm saying that Ryan Poles need to, needs to be talking with all of his scouts, with all of his, his, his personnel guys. What did we miss from C.J. Stroud that mm-hmm. we can't miss in this year's crop? That's all I'm saying. I'll say, yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. So, and part of it, and I had this conversation with someone the other day. Remember that S2 cognition thing, the test right. that freaked people out? He had a, re- like a, a, a really low score, but mm-hmm. this is a newer test, correct? Well, that's the one that happened last year, and that's what scared Carolina away from drafting him number one overall. Luckily, I mean, Houston didn't have a choice because Bryce Young was already gone, but taking those things with a grain of salt because historically speaking players who have had a lower like lower test score there have not performed well in the NFL and fields had a very high version of that because it's processing and it's absorbing information and it's judging how you're how quickly you're going to be able to process that in real time make a play all of those things I think that there's a lesson to be learned there, though, when it comes to C.J. Stroud, who had all of the measurables, all of the intangibles, and, and had a bad test score on something that is important, but like you can't put that much stock in it to to then pass up on a really good prospect because Carolina is kicking themselves right now for that. And just because of where the Bears fit into that mix, they are going to be judged on how C.J. Stroud performs from here on out, and it could be the one that got away. So you can't let another one of those That's all one saying. that gets away. You can't have two of those on your resume if you're a general manager because you won't have a job that long if that ends up being the case, and you hold on to somebody. You're like, oh, let me see a little bit more. Let's go add Marvin Harrison Jr. Let's go get the tackle from Penn State. Let's go get um, you know the, the defensive end from wherever. Like, you, At some point, you have to be convicted in – this is the evaluation we have on this player. Starting over on the rookie clock helps us build our roster to get more competitive elsewhere. And it net not it's not necessarily going to be a knock on Justin Fields. It could just be all of the other factors outweigh keeping him around. And then if he does if you do choose to draft someone and he does continue to build up his stock, you're gonna get a better draft pick sure. for him when you trade him. It's kind of a no lose situation for Justin, honestly. Like because he'll either be here as the day one starter next year, as much as my theory of a of a quarterback competition makes sense to me right now, I don't know if I could necessarily see him saying, I want to stick around no, for that. I think no, he'll, he'll be think out. his agent would um would have something to say about that. But then he goes somewhere else and gets a fresh start. Like yeah. I think he's maybe that's part of it too, where the weight uh, that's off of him he doesn't feel he's not playing tight. He's not playing. He's healthy for number for one. I mean, that's a big thing. He avoided surgery, and yeah, his thumb's a little sore, like he said. But he's been able to stay conditioned, and he feels good out there. All of those things factor into somebody who, you know, is he's always exuded confidence. But what you're seeing right now is somebody who 
doesn't really have much to lose in the grand scheme of things because either way he'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before uh, I get into a couple of other uh, random stuff with you, uh, any other nuggets we need to know about today? So they went through, they had the walkthrough today, so we won't know the the official, I guess, injury report until we get one tomorrow. Uh, What about the sweat stuff? What's what's with the sweat rotation? Um. I tweeted about this yesterday, and after watching back the tape, because I realized I was missing something when I went back and watched um, that final drive against Detroit. And I know that there were a couple plays that they went no huddle, so it's difficult to get the substitutions. But in hearing Matt Eberflus and what he said Monday about why Montez Sweat wasn't on the field for there were three plays of the 11 on the final drive and that it's the rotation and Travis Smith is the one who does the rotation the defensive line coach and you want to keep fresh bodies in there that's a gotta have it situation that's a term that's thrown around in scouting all the time and I've always learned at least the way it's been described to me if you want to know how teams feel about players third down red zone goal line situation those are the gotta have it situations do or die if you don't have your best players on the field in those moments then that's an indictment on coaching that's an indictment on the players maybe themselves and it kind of got me down the rabbit hole of well, why wasn't Tremaine Edmonds out there and I know we heard from Matt Eberflus today about the there's rotation there too with the Mike linebackers and it still didn't make sense that you had Dylan Cole in for one play on the goal line but Sometimes you gotta, I understand with trainers and health and everything else, sometimes you gotta be like, bump that. I need the guy that I just paid a bleep ton of money to on the field to get a stop. Yeah, he missed a tackle, Tremaine Edmonds, on the, on the drive before, and that was a big missed tackle. Are you regretting your choice in that guy right now? I think it's a fair question to be asked because it's unconscionable. That the players you are paying the most money to have the most resources locked up into are not on the field in the final do-or-die moments when they've barely been on the field for 20 minutes. That's the That's thing. That's a BS excuse, Sylvie. I don't want to hear, oh, he needed a blow, he needed this, he needed that. He's your best pass rusher. He's your best linebacker. Like At some point, you got to be like, rotation be damned. Get out there. And if that's the situation, I believe that I believe in coaches who want to empower their players. But remember, we saw this earlier in the year. And I remember talking with Tyke Tolbert about, hey, remember that situation in Green Bay when, when DJ had those two targets and then he wasn't on the field in the red zone. And right. he's like, no, he took himself out. And I remember he questioned it like in a joking manner. like, do you really think I would have taken DJ out in the red zone? It's like, well, that's why we have to ask these questions. But the player himself took himself out there. And circumstances are always going to change for that. Like, bottom line, though, what was said doesn't stand up to, just doesn't stand up to anything that makes any nice. any lick of common sense and rational. You cannot rationalize that. And that's just, um, I think that's something that has to be called out because, you know, I know def- he's, a, he's a defensive coordinator on top of the fact that he's the head coach, but... If you don't want your guys rotating as much, then you need to relay that to the defensive line coach to keep those guys in there. Yeah, you have a little bit of authority as the head Mm -hmm. coach and D.C. Yeah. Um, All right, uh, before we let you go, best and worst thing about Thanksgiving? Hmm. That's a good one. What 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 really pisses you? I mean, since you're a little ornery right now, what really (laughs) pisses you off during a Thanksgiving meal? We would always... When I was a kid, I'm trying to think of foods that I don't like. I hated the Jello mold. Hated those. Really? Like, why? Do, why is that even a thing? Um, the Jello mold drives me nuts. And so especially with the fruit in it's it. Disgusting. Like, it's just. It's not. It's not a dessert. It's not a side dish. It's not. 
I don't know what it is. It just, it always drove me nuts. And like all the other Thanksgiving foods though, I'm fine with. Like I hate when people are like, turkey sucks. Turkey doesn't suck. It's really good actually. And we eat it 364 other days of the year. It might not be carved off a bird. Um, So that's, I mean, I'll... One thing that really grinds my gears, why did Boston Market have to close? If we're thinking about Thanksgiving food, there used to be one at Lake and Waukegan in Glenview that I would go to as a kid all the time. Preach. And if you wanted Thanksgiving food outside of the, you know, 20, what's tomorrow, the 23rd of of November, the last Thursday in November, you would go to Boston Market. Boston Market didn't need to close. I thought we were keeping them in business, my household alone. And that bothers me because now I have to wait one day a year to get this meal. I look, Meller, do you remember my Boston Market loser stories? Oh, dude, I'm right there with you, man. In high school, Courtney, like when, when all, everybody else were going out on dates, I had no dates. <laughs> on a Friday night, I would go rent. There was a Blockbuster in, uh, on the border of Skokie and Wilmette. And uh, it, it, the Blockbuster next to a Boston Market. Okay. I'd go rent two movies. And I'd go get, uh, like, the half chicken with the three sides, and that would be a night. And that would be a hell of a night for me in high school. Well, the problem, like, that's a great, I mean, it's a great night. I wish I I could have that night now. But when I was, (laughs) like, this is my first Thanksgiving I don't have, uh, that I don't have to work. Like, I've had the Egg Bowl when I was living in Mississippi. That was always played on Thanksgiving Day. Um, Out in the Bay Area, I covered a Thanksgiving game. You know, Minnesota's played on Thanksgiving. The Bears have played on Thanksgiving. So this is my first one that I've actually, I'll actually be able to have, like, off. But back in those days when you had to work on Thanksgiving, Boston, if you still wanted the meal, you could go get it. I like how you veered away from Thanksgiving and you went to something that still reminds you of Thanksgiving away from the holiday. I'm hoping that we have enough pull here to maybe like take them out of bed. Did they file for bankruptcy? I don't know. They chapter they, 11 yeah, they, they, I think they did. Poorly run business model is probably the bigger issue. The Not fact, the food the they fact that serving. they couldn't sustain it. It was good food and the cornbread was great. Oh, side the of cornbread. Cheese. The mac and cheese was my favorite. Yes. Absolutely. Um, I guess other than that, bad football on Thanksgiving, but I, I mean, it's still football. It's what still... about you have an annoying relative that you can't stand at the meal? No, honestly, well, no. Like, I feel like I have a pretty tolerable family. I've got about four. So. Um, but it's <laughs> it's such a fun. I mean, it is such a great day. And I love when it's warm enough when you can like do the meal, go for a walk, watch football, drink wine, all of that. So hopefully, yeah. I don't know how cold tomorrow is going to be, but hopefully we can do some of that. And then I look forward to a Bulls text tonight. Right, they're Are playing they... Oklahoma City. I don't. I, I think that like by the first quarter, I might be a little irate. Chad Holmgren's going to be dropping. Some stuff yeah. on them. SGA is going to like go off. Yeah. Kobe White's going to have another stupid foul. Like I just, <laughs> it's my Thanksgiving wish. Things I have to be grateful for. Oh, you get a Thanksgiving wish. Yes, I do. Um, I'm grateful that I live here, that I have great teams in theory, teams that at least are on the upward mobility and trajectory. I'm not thankful for the Chicago Bulls. I'm not. I'm not this year. I'd be thankful if we could just get through this bowl season and it's not as painful. I mean, what are they, like 11th, 12th in the East right yeah, now? Yeah, what are they, 5 and 10 now or yeah. something like that? They're supposed to get us through the doldrums of winter. Yes, it's you not going to happen. No, it's not. Courtney, you're the best. Thank you. We're thankful for you. Thank you. I am too. I love for talking guys, to Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> I am thankful for me. <laughs> Courtney Cronin uh, joins us, and uh, Dion is going to join us. I have a horrific story that I've been saving because I know that no one will react in more shock than Dion.
to this story, and it's perfect for Waddle's world. I know we have a lot of callers who want to talk Bears. We'll take those, too. 312-332-3776. This is Waddle's world. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run. He's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Welcome to Waddle's world. Come inside. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. 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 Let's get weird. Waddle's off today. Tyler will be handling Waddle's world. Dion will be here shortly. We just had a fired up Courtney Cronin, too, about uh, the Bears, about Boston Market, and about the Bulls. Did not see that coming. Did you guys? I think she got most animated about the lack of Boston market these days. I think there are still a few around, but I know as a fellow Glenview native like Courtney, I loved that Boston market that she's talking about there, and I know a number of my friends did, and we were devastated when it closed. I know it was right there at that very busy corner, right, of Waukegan and Willow? Waukegan and Lake. Lake. That's right, Mm -hmm. Waukegan and Lake. Yeah, that was like the one constant. That whole strip mall there's a walgreens in there yeah and then the boston market was a constant there everything else kind of shuffled around in that strip mall but that those were the two and then all of a sudden the boston market was gone and it was replaced now i think there's a butcher there or something like that but it was always a tough parking lot to navigate yeah because there are so many stores and there was yeah and they were all over the place like the boston market was attached to an einstein bagels which was also attached to a starbucks but that was kind of its own island Yes. Outside of the rest of the mall there. Exactly. Yeah, I lo- Boston Market back in the day got it done. I, I never had it. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me turn you up here. Go ahead. I never had never had Boston Market once in my life. Where are you? So, so Z-Pack, you, we can hold hear him on, in the background. Kevin. Are you on one? Well, where are you? Give me a check. Yeah. Well, nope, hold on. nope, that's are not it. Try no. again. Where are you? What number are you on, Kevin? You set this up. What number are you? I thought it was two. Where are you? I'm just going to turn all the microphones oh on. Hold on. I'm going to turn see every microphone on. Go ahead and now speak. No. Now, boy. Could be yeah, a faulty every, headset. Everyone's on. Are you plugged in? He's probably on a, like a line instead of a microphone. It's okay. What did you want to say? You, you, he's never at Boston Market in his life. You're missing out. Well, I don't know. Yeah, now he's going to have to go out of his way to find a location. I just saw Courtney tweet that there's one out in Melrose Park. You know what we have to do? Um... We, we found this out about Tyler yesterday, is that Tyler has never had coffee. Ever. I've, mm-hmm. I've heard this. I think Tim Kirchian recently admitted this, or someone, one of those baseball guys who's much older than Tyler. But still, like, you say you don't like coffee, but yet you have not tried coffee. Yeah, but I've had this, I've, I've gotten a whiff of the smell, and then one time someone spilled coffee on my backpack, and then my backpack smelled like coffee for like the rest of the day, and it was a miserable experience for me, so I'm boycotting coffee. You, you've got to try it. I think one day what we have to do is we have Boy. a Dunkin' and we have a Starbucks. We have to line up several varieties for you. We have to line up like a Dunkin' Donuts hot coffee, black, a Starbucks coffee, hot coffee, black. And then both of those, we need to get you a variety with cream and sugar. And then we also need to do their iced coffees, too, and let you try all of them 
and to see if you like any of those and if you're truly not a coffee guy or I, because I truly believe that you will become a coffee I, guy. I think the thing is, though, it's such an acquired taste, Sylvie. He's not going to try any of those things the first time and be like, oh, yes, I need to have this. Unless maybe the cream and sugar, heavy cream, heavy sugar, the way Yurko likes to take his coffee. Right, right. That's how we all started. Yeah, exactly. But if you don't start that way, he's black coffee is not going to be like something where Tyler's like, oh, yes, this is the greatest thing. I can't believe I've missed out for so long. How do you get your energy? I, I wake up and, and attack the day. That's it. Hashtag <laughs> <He's, laughs> attack the day. Sounds like Jim Harbaugh. I love I, it. I just go he just for wakes it. up and attacks the I day. I rip it uh, every day. But no, the I, you guys are going to turn me into to Will Ferrell's character in Kicking and Screaming. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> I'm just going to be hooked on coffee and then causing a scene. In 10 years, you're going to be like <laughs> addicted yeah. to coffee. You're like a drug pusher here, Sylvie. Like he, he, if he gets through say- his day without coffee, he should not like openly take it on part of why i haven't ever indulged or like tried it to is one of my best friends in college needed it twice a day at least needed a a duncan at eight in the morning and needed another one at three or four in the afternoon and i just saw like he'd get headaches if he didn't have his coffee and i was like (laughs) i don't want to go down that path if i embrace that embrace that tyler Embrace it. No. Embrace the headache. Avoid, <laughs> avoid it at all costs. As somebody who gets coffee headaches if he doesn't have it in the morning, I would implore you not to start down that road if you don't. Don't you to. love your morning Dude, coffee though, now, Mallor? I mean, no, no, Sylvie, you're absolutely right. The problem is though, I'm an absolute addict, and if it's like the first thing after I drink a big glass of water, and then I go straight to the coffee pot. Like, and like I, I need it. And I, I observe. You know me, and I'm as I'm an observer. I'm a reporter at heart. When Meller, Meller is one of the few that drinks coffee in a mug these days. They're usually in a coffee cup. And boy, does he really, he sips it. And you really, you can watch him and hear him really <laughs> loving his coffee, too. It tastes better out of the right coffee mug. It, there's no, I can. Oh, really? Is I that like kind of like a wine thing? Maybe. I don't know. Where, but where you let it breathe? I've noticed a difference. I have a couple of thermoses that I bring in to keep it hot throughout the day. Yeah, Meller walks in with a tank this of coffee. True. This is absolutely true. Um, and it was uh, given to me by Danny Zetterman, the illustrious content, content director, because for a long time I would bring in like four coffee mugs. And he's like, I need to get you like a big ass thermos so that you don't have to carry all those in every day. And sure enough, it's one of the best uh Co-worker gifts anyone's ever given to me. Just guys, say hi to Dion. Dion's here. Hello. Hello, Dion. Hello, Dion. I have seen said thermos. I have actually had coffee out of this thermos, have I not? Well, you shared right. coffee. Yeah. Well, we, we did the pregame a couple times. I was like out of coffee, and he's like, oh, I got you. It's enough for it's enough for friends and family, right, Miller? Exactly. Bring enough to share. That's right. And I'm it's delicious coffee. Heart. We found out that Tyler has never had coffee. This... He's never tried it. That sounds like sacrilege. I can't. Yeah, believe right. That. In our business, you've never had coffee. If I don't need it, why would I? Why would I try? Why would well, I? Well, there indulge? will come a day. How did you get through college without That's coffee? That's what I said. I, I survived. He didn't attack the day, guys. No, but Dean, wait a minute. <laughs> no, please. I don't have time for please. attack the day, guys. Here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be all for me today, then. <laughs> but Dean, if. See, this is where I disagree with Sylvie. If you could go back and not be addicted to coffee, wouldn't, that, would you wouldn't that be better? Like, if I could go through my life and, like, wean myself off of it, I would do it. I just don't want to go through the hell of the two weeks of oh, being, right. you know. I remember 
uh, I remember one time weaning off of coffee and literally laying on the bathroom floor, like I dying. Did, I did dying. this. I did this a few years ago when when a doctor said that to me. Yeah, and it was miserable. Yeah, and it's I, awful. I did do it for a while, Mellor. I think you remember, but it, it, I, I totally disagree with this. It is one of the few things in life these days that I I that every day I look forward to. Yeah, when that glass of coffee is poured <laughs> it know. is just it's enjoyment in a glass enjoyment in a cup <laughs> it, it this is, is such that i mean folgers would have a day with us right now like I, you could you know i, I, I agree enjoy my co- same i same. love the taste i yes. love i love what it does to me same it turns me into uh actually someone who cares about stuff i'm a functioning human yes. when i have coffee yeah agreed I love and I love the smell and I love oh, the yeah. ritual of it and the habit and Same and all yeah. of the things. Now, what is amazing though, it's like when I got pregnant, I just didn't want it, and I thought I'd go through that same withdrawal, and I did not. Well, so that was like the miracle. You were exactly yeah, the miracle of uh, childbirth. Childbirth. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> giving up coffee. <laughs> oh gosh. I got. I have a story for you that oh, you you are wait. not going to believe. Real quick, by the way, Waddle's World is brought to you by Wintrust Community Banks, Chicago's banks. To find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank, visit Wintrust.com slash find us, member FDIC. There was a story I saw on TMZ. Do you want to read a story or can I share this with you guys? Go ahead. What would you guys do? And I believe it's a Frontier Airlines plane. I was sharing this with Kevin Zipak earlier. And I know you, Dion. This <laughs> is going to horrify you. Oh, gosh. Like, we are seeing, again, the worst behavior we have ever seen on planes. I don't know if this behavior always existed or if it's just because everyone has a phone. I believe more people feel they can do anything these mm-hmm. days, so they do it. So I don't believe it's just because we have more phones to capture these things. That people just act out more than they ever have. There's a Frontier flight uh, going from... Florida to where was it going, Kevin? Ohio. Just it was it going to Ohio? No. Philadelphia. Philadelphia, okay. okay. Um, and this woman was being blocked by the flight attendant who had the drink cart out. Yeah. You know how they say, like, the drink cart's out, you can't go to the bathroom. Right. So she was upset and she really had to go to the bathroom. She turned around, she apologized to the other passengers. And she pulled down her pants, <gasps> and she started squatting in the middle of the aisle. Stop it. Yes. That's not true. Yes, it is true. And it's uh, you can see it on TMZ. What? Now, everybody on the plane started yelling in horror. Yes. Horror. And uh, she did not actually go. She, she then started cursing out the rest of the plane. They started yelling at her. And she's like, I've got to go. They're not letting me up to the front of the plane to use the bathroom. What? This is not a real story. This is a well, real story. This is a real story. It's captured on, on film, on, on on the iPhone. What would you guys do if that happened on your flight? Well, wait. If I'm, What if you're the person and you really have to go? I do think well, it's a bit you insane. You don't go. You don't no, pull no, no, your, don't, you don't pull your pants I'm not, down. not saying I would go there. How about you say to the, you say to the person with the drink cart, I'm really sorry. I know you gave this out over the, but I really, really have to go. And if I don't go right now, I'm going to have an accident. Then it sounded like when you were reading the initial part of the story, she kind of did that. No, I, like, 
But is that a, a real rule, or is that like one of the unwritten rules? I of think it's one of the unwritten travel. rules. I don't know that they've I ever get... said it out loud, but I've never been on a Frontier plane. Is there only one bathroom? Don't most planes have one in the front and the back? Like, can you can you go? Can't you go to the other one? Maybe I don't know. Maybe it was black. I don't know. It depends what the... on the size of the plane. Some of the smaller ones they only have one. Okay. <laughs> that was a flex. I've never been on a front. That's not a flex. Plane. It's just a real thing. Like, I just have it. I don't fly those petty jets. <laughs> Stop it. That's not those what I said. You're putting hoppers. words in my mouth. <laughs> I mean, I would never. It's wheels no, up I mean... for Dion or she's not flying. <laughs> That's right. What would be worse, guys? We read the story before where we had the accidental pooper on the plane that caused the flight to have to be turned around. How is any pooping accidental? Or an intentional peer on your plane in the middle of the aisle. This isn't even the question. It's the pooper, isn't it? Yes. It is. But if it's They're accidental, it was accidental. How is it yeah. accidental? No, they, like they, sometimes, sometimes the body fails you. Listen, Tyler. Listen, Too only much coffee. Dear. Only, well, we've all been there, but only children, toddlers, can have an accidental poop. Okay, like not a grown person. Well, do you know who you're sitting next to right now, Dion? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Never all over a plane. <laughs> It stays in the oh, pants. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Twice no. a year, Dion. Twice a year? It's I'm good for twice a year. Okay. Well, I'm a runner, so I that's my excuse. Well, it it well, happens to runners about, a lot. Oh, I thought you meant a, a run. No, no, not that kind I thought of you meant running, the runs. But oh, when you're on a run. you were describing. Anyone oh. who what, who runs marathons or long-distance running, they understand. Like it, yeah, it happens. Sure, yeah. You but twice a year for real. Look twice at you. A year, and it sounds like, like you're kind of secretly proud of it. I, I, I don't. Um, We're not so secret. I don't hide it. Right. I, I like. I, I am who I am. I'm 52 now. I am who I am, and there's there's no hiding it. Wait. So okay. We've Just got don't a do little, it on a plane. A little over a, a month left in the year. Are you due for one? I am. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, no, I don't know. It's not necessarily a oh calendar gosh. year. I don't know exactly when the last one was. Don't you know the story, Dan? That uh, Peggy bought me underwear. She did? Because I, I once did it at work, and I showed Tyler the underwear. You did? Yes. What is wrong with you? That's you, so showed, you showed Waddle. I think I refrained from saying it. <laughs> it was just a little. Oh, my gosh. Gross. All of it's gross. We're clearly in Waddle's world. This is one of the P's, yes. isn't it? Of like, what we're allowed Ooh, to talk about. Right, there, right, see, exciting. she knows. I know, I know. She knows. All right, do you have Florida or Ohio coming up? Yes, we do. Which Dion is, uh, she is queen of because she lived in both places. I did. So that's coming up next. Uh, then we'll talk uh, to you. Thanksgiving stuff, bear stuff, whatever's on your mind. We have plenty of time to take your calls. 312-332-3776. Get ready to play the game that's sweeping the nation. Public drunkenness. Exotic animals. Dumb criminals. Random stabbings. Or maybe just some good old-fashioned debauchery. Ah. Everything's on the table. It's the Sunshine State versus the Buckeye State as we play Florida or Ohio. And as always, listeners, feel free to play along at home. Just talking to Dion about this. Florida or Ohio is brought to you by 19 Crimes Wine. She's heading off to the store right after this to buy a bottle of of 19 Crimes Wine. She's going to start with a little tequila and then open a bottle of 19 Crimes Wine tonight. Yes. You should do the same. 
uh, on this Wednesday. One of my, it was always one of my favorite drinking nights of the year. Is it? It is, huh? Yeah, but like when I was younger, this was always like, especially I used to cover the Bears yeah. in my in my late twenties, early thirties. It would be like an hour and forty five minutes from Palace Hall to downtown, mm-hmm. and then uh, we'd go out and when yeah. it'd be done, and we'd go out on the town. No more of that. No more. No more. Thank goodness. There's no more of that. There's drinking at home yes, in sweats. On, on like it's like right. now it's become my favorite thing. It's, it's my favorite too. Nineteen crimes <laughs> wine and watch sports. Yes. And turn on the fireplace and, and let's go. Yes. All right. What do you got, uh, Tyler? All right. Woman accused of kicking a cop in the groin after attempting to light a car on fire. She's starting her own fire. A woman is facing a series of charges after police accused her of trying to light another woman's car on fire and then kicking an officer multiple times in the groin as she was being arrested. The uh, police identified the woman as Miranda Graham, who lit a cigarette, placed it in the gas tank of another woman's truck at a nearby Shell gas station. Police said a, a few minutes after that incident occurred, 911 dispatchers received another call that a woman wearing all black clothing who fit the description of Graham attempted to gain entry into a nearby liquor store as well by kicking the door in. Hmm. Hmm. Don't, like, that's interesting. She tried to gain entrance into a nearby liquor store by kicking the door in. Don't liquor stores in Ohio, aren't they drive-thrus? Not it's, all of them, are they? Or I, Have I never noticed that? Not all of them. So, like, that's because wouldn't you just walk into a right, liquor store? You, yeah. Was it closed and she was trying to get into it? Maybe. This all smells of, like, the panhandle of Florida. Does it? Oh, yeah, really? it does to okay, me a well, bit, yeah. Okay, I'll follow your lead. Uh, what my initial thought was Miranda is a very Floridian name. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I think is. there are a lot of Mirandas in Florida. <laughs> I can't confirm or deny. No? I have no idea. I haven't said the name Miranda since Sex in the City. Sex in the City, yeah, good call. I, it feels very Florida to me. Yeah, I'll roll with you two and go with Florida as well. It took place in Miami, Florida. All right, oh, yeah. a little south of the Panhandle, but still yeah, that, in the vicinity. All you need is the state. That's right. That's, That's right. all you need is the state. We got it. Do you have another story uh, as we have time? Yeah, this was an interesting one. Um, the man who won the $1.35 billion Mega Millions is suing his daughter's mother for revealing the win to his family. He was planning on keeping the uh, keeping his identity a secret, and he is now suing his daughter's mother for telling the family that he won the Mega Millions cash prize. In so the this, is his, ex- is this is his ex. Isn't that his wife? His ex-wife <laughs> isn't his daughter's mother his wife? Well, they didn't have to necessarily be married. True. Be. True. So it's either his ex-wife or just the the mom. Right. Baby mama. Baby mama. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let's see. That's crazy. Told wow. His... He's suing and he just won all that money. So, like, what are you, are you suing for what? Just more money? I... Like, like just for the... Uh, it looks like there Spite. was an NDA involved and she was violating the NDA. Oh. Would you guys tell people if you want? I get trying to keep it a secret because... You... There's always the stories of people win the lottery and don't tell their kids so they what goes wrong what could go wrong like what are the the problem is literally everybody you know wants you to pay for everything Everything. and now listen if you make if you win 1.3 billion dollars you probably can pay for everything 
But, you know, all of a sudden, everybody you know is hitting you up for 10, 20 Gs because they want to start a business. And, you know, why not? You'll never even miss it. And I do think there's an a point where, you know, you don't want to lead your life where, with everybody you run into asking you for money. Even if it, you, you won't miss it. You know, you want to have a normal interaction How could, with I, friends. I can't keep that secret. I don't know that I could. I, I could never. You win over a billion dollars. There's no way. That I can go around and, and not pretend tell that I people. don't have it, right? I'm like, I just want a billion dollars. Can you believe it? Oh yeah, I couldn't. No, there's no way. I mean, if you believe Jim Irsay, everyone's going to be prejudiced oh. against you as a billionaire. You got to tell me about that story. Um, was that from Real Sports? Well, yeah, Andrea Kramer did a piece on in an interview. Jim Irsay, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy is right. Um, All right. uh, Coming up next, uh, we'll take your phone calls. I want to see what Dion thought about Justin Fields. She is my expert when it comes to um, dissecting press conferences at at Hallis Hall. All about body language and emotion and all that stuff. Okay. So, and if you want, we had a lot of people wanted to talk about Justin. If you want to weigh in on the best thing, what is, name the best thing and the worst thing about Thanksgiving as well. 312-332-332. Three seven seven six, and if you want to be specific and literally call out one of your relatives, I'm cool with that too. <laughs> Can lay down on our couch. Um, it's Waddle and Sylvie live at Hallis.